Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Now, if you will, go to the book of 1 Corinthians. We're studying redemption. Now, as we get into these, this is, this is uh, I'm glad you're here on Wednesday night. Most of you have been coming and listening and hearing. and It's good for you to expose yourself constantly to this message because, you know, it's going to get in if you, if you allow yourself... If you just listen to it one or two times, it's going to, just going to wash off you. The devil's going to steal it away. But if you continue to listen, sit under it, it's going to start getting in. It's kind of like a relationship with anything else. You know, years ago I was studying Abraham, and I noticed how you know it was Abram. He began as Abram, and Abram, uh, God initiated a, a, a communication with him, spoke to him. But what's unique about that is Abram heard it. I mean, how, you know, you walk around. How do you, how do you go? Yeah, I think God just spoke to me. Well, I don't know. We'll have to ask Abraham when we, we get there. Amen. But Abraham responded. Now, what happened after that is out of that initial uh, 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 communication, it's like two people uh, meeting each other for the first time. Hello. That's called what? That's called an introduction. So really in that first initiation, your hands are cold, baby. Let me hold your hands here a minute. At first, uh, she's my wife, for you that don't know. Amen. I don't want your hands to be cold. But anyway, that first initiation by God, he communicated with he communicated with man, with Abram. With Abraham. Now Abram, he responded. Now that response, that communication response turned into something else. You know what it turned into? Fellowship. They begin to fellowship. Abraham built an altar. Abram built an altar. God responded by answering some major prayers and keeping him out of some major problems, situations. Amen? Not only that, we know God, He spoke through the stars. He spoke through the dust. He was continually saturating Abraham, amen, with His his constant Word, which was doing everything that it needed for Him to do. Then out of that communication came that fellowship. Out of that fellowship came a relationship. In that relationship, God found a man on the earth He could trust. You say, why? Because He proved him. He proved him when He took Isaac... What happened then? They were in covenant when that happened. They were in covenant. So notice the process. There was a communication. Out of that communication came some fellowship. Out of that fellowship came a relationship. Out of that relationship came covenant. That Bible, I like what Frances Ward said years ago. She said, that Bible, uh, your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ is directly proportionate to how much time you spend in that word because that word is Christ. He is the Word, was the Word, forever will be the Word. So you want with Him and see every scripture that that ends up revelation in your spirit starts like that with an introduction. Hello? Amen? I'm I'm 2 Corinthians 5.17. You're in Christ. You're a new creature. Old things have passed away. And so you can make a decision whether or not to fellowship in that or not or whether to just leave it at the introductory stage. So when I get up and preach or other preachers get up and preach, well, I've heard that. Well, have you heard it or have you just listened? Now think about that for a minute. Have you heard it or or just listened? Because every redemptive truth, including salvation itself, is applied the same way, by believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth. And I do believe something Kenneth E. Hagin said, we haven't taught on confession enough, the power of our words. That's how we know we're made in the likeness and image of God, because our words have power and our words are seeds. 
Amen. But if you make a decision to go beyond that little fellowship and go into some a little bit of relationship where you're actually meditating upon that word, exposing yourself to that word, digging into other translations, putting yourself in that scripture, applying it to your life, taking the pronouns out, putting your name in, speaking it to the Lord in worship, speaking against the, against the enemy in spiritual authority. Don't you think you just handling that word like that will change your character? Absolutely. That's why God wants you living a lifestyle like that in which you're constantly believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth, but it should not be mostly for your needs. It should be for your identity. You say, why? Because once you see who you are, you, know, you, won't, you won't struggle about what you have. Let me say that again. Once you see who you are, you will not struggle about what you have. You say, well, who am I? Well, you're the righteousness of God in Christ. You're the healed of God. You're the delivered of God. You're His righteousness. You're His joy. You're His peace. You, 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 you are the temple of God in which the Holy Ghost inhabits. You have... Do you ever think about this? I think about it all the time. It freaks me out. You know, I'm the kind of guy that if I get anything in me, like a thorn or a or a sticker, or, a, or I get some kind of dot on me, or a knot. I just whack it off. I can't stand anything on me, you know, like that. My dad used to take us to the mole doctor. I don't know why he would do that, but I guess because we grew so many moles. So if we laugh at your moles, don't be mad at us, please. <laughs> hey, man, what point was I trying to make with that? Yeah, I didn't want anything in me, you know. No splinters sticking to me. But the Holy Ghost, now think about this. When you said yes to Jesus, that same spirit, now that's that Shekinah glory that was shut up in the tabernacle. Amen? That, that Uriah, when he just touched the, touched the cart as it stumbled going back into Jerusalem, knocked him dead on the ground. Why? He was unrighteous. Not, there was no blood that could cleanse it. So when righteous God and unrighteous Uriah touched, one thing had to give and it wasn't going to be God. God was not unrighteous in that. So we know that that, 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 that essence is in us, but it's Christ in us, the hope. So you do what? You work out your salvation, what's on the inside of you. You work it out into your mind, out into your flesh. How? By believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth, totally exposing yourself. You know, if it, what is it, the, 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 the uranium that they take and enhance to, to, to weapon grade, weapons grade? You know, you can't handle that. Uh, that stuff would drop you, man. It ain't, it's no good. You know, and there's other chemicals and things that are like that, that, that exposure to them is instant saturation. Amen. Uh, there's some medicines they, they have now uh, they, that they make with the, uh, uh, we used to use it on horses, D DMSO. Is that right, Doc? You've heard of that? DMSO. And you can take DMSO and, and put, make it, like, like make some paste with some garlic, rub it on your arm, and you'll taste garlic in your mouth. You saw it's, it's a saturator. That's why I put it in medicine. We used to put it with medicine for horses and stuff we used to use it, use it for. The word is like that. And see, the thing is, you can, you can take a specific need and say, I'll go after that. Well, that's good, and you should build strong faith in those areas. But in reality, it's who you are in Christ and these in Christ realities that build the foundation that give you the power to go to those specific needs with those words and see something really get done. Something really get done. In Listen, if you're not getting some things done in prayer, 
If you're not getting some things done with your faith, I'm telling you, listen, church, it's working now like it ain't never worked before. We're seeing it happen. It's happening right in front of everything from the, how, how the word is beginning to be able to be, to be preached and taught and people are beginning to develop a hunger. Mm, I, got to ha- I got to have some. I got, people are curious. You see, see how many people were here Sunday morning? See how many visitors were here? Why? They're hearing. I heard somebody talking, saying, you know, somebody said, God is moving. Spirit of God is moving over there at Island Church. He is. That's because he is. Amen? So because of that, what we are doing is we're enabling the Spirit of God to enhance us by the Word the correct way because many times what we want is an experience in the Spirit. Well, that's good. Remember the illustration of all the puppies playing in the puppy food? For you that don't remember that story, I had a bunch of puppies one time and I was going to feed them. And I put a big cake pan of puppy chow out after I'd warmed it with warm water. And I thought they were just going to run and, 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 and uh, you know, gather around the cake pan and eat their puppy chow and create a real Kodak moment, you know. Well, they didn't do that. They thought it was a swimming pool. Uh, for, I had a big old male named Brutus and he took off. And Brutus, I remember seeing him flying through the air. Splat. And Puppy Chow went all over the walls, all over Brutus. We had, we had 12 puppies. They were covered with Puppy Chow. Well, I could tell they'd had an experience with Puppy Chow. You say, why? Well, because they had Puppy Chow all over them. Well, see, that's a lot of people. They come walking out of church, whoa, glory, glory, glory. But see, it's not how much glory you get on you. It's how much you get in you. You got to get some words, some glory working in you. It'll affect everything in your life. Now, where are we at? Oh, man, it's been 15 minutes rambling on. Y'all should have said something. We're in 1 Corinthians. Now, go up to verse, go up to verse here, uh, 20, 28, 27. Chapter 1 Corinthians, spiritual people are already there, as Joe Moore says. (laughs) They're flowing, y'all flowing? You're already there if you're flowing. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. There we go. Verse 27. Praise the Lord. Now, listen, listen. I've, I've got a couple of translations I want us to read here. It said, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are, which are mighty, and the base things of the world, and the things which are despised hath God chosen. Yea, and the things which are not to bring to naught things that are. Why? Here's the answer. That no flesh should glory in his presence. Can I get a better amen? But now here's the, here's the keynote scripture. Now we kind of, this is kind of where we left last week. We were expounding on this, but listen to what it says. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. Righteousness. Everybody say Righteousness sanctification, everybody say sanctification, and redemption, everybody say redemption. Now notice, look, like, look at this, look, like, look at this as four wonderful, awesome doors that you walked through all at the same time when you got born again. When you got in Christ, you got his righteousness, you got his wisdom, you got his redemption. Actually, other scriptures we could tie it to tonight also talks about the forgiveness of sin which is post-salvation, 
We'll talk about that in, in just a little bit, about how many people, their faith is not working, their, their, their prayers are not being answered because they're still carrying a sense of guilt, a sense of con either over something in their past when they were a sinner, over some type of spiritual failure. You can't do that. Jesus paid a price for you to be forgiven and for you to forgive others in the same way in which you forgive. When you don't, when you judge and don't forgive, then you retain that sin unto yourself. It just goes on to you. Amen? On to you. You retain it unto yourself, but you have an automatic instinct in you, whether you know it or not, when you judge what you judge, you punish. It's what you do. It's natural. The natural mind, which is an enmity with God. That's why Jesus bore your sin, and through redemption, your sins were remitted. That's what we're going to look at in just a minute. The wisdom of God knew I could not leave a memory of sin in my mind toward those that had been washed in my son's blood. Because if it's in my mind, the devil will make sure that it gets into their mind. But if it's not in my mind, then by my word and through my spirit, they can renew their mind, they can present their body, and every failure, everything they've ever done that's been sin, unrighteousness, and iniquity can be washed away by the blood of Jesus, and they can also turn to their brother and sister and say, I forgive you, I don't judge you, and I will never punish you. I'll be just like my father and forget anything that's ever happened. Of him are you in Christ? Amen. That's what that exchange is all about. Because we like the exchange when it comes to the benefits of the material things we like, such as healing and prosperity and the joy. But then when it comes to the character carving issues of the gospel that are embedded, embedded deep within the realities of redemption, when you begin to confess your sin, confess yourself instead of your sin as being righteous in Christ, and you begin to look into the mirror of the Word of God and see its reflection, then you will make the adjustments. You will step up. Amen. I'm going to tell you what, what God hates is cowards. People that will not do what he says to do no matter what he says to do. Amen. So, you know, in Mexico, the Lord said some very strong things to me that I'm still walking out, praying out, not saying a whole lot about it, but one thing he talked to me was about being right with everybody and everything no matter what, no matter what. So I've gone to people, friends, people. I've just said, okay, Spirit of God, you're going to have to give me the list. So I've just gone to people. For, hey, I came to church here Friday night, washed everybody's feet. Make sure I got everybody on that list. So I've sent it out to I don't know how many people. But it started a chain reaction now. I'm getting text back. Please, man, you know, man, we just kind of went off in our own corner. We are fighting so many battles. We just forgive us. Then other people say, it's great. It's great. It's beginning a groundswell of people doing what? Getting right with each other which is getting right with God. Amen. But the problem with that is when that happens, if there's any offense or anything that people hang on to, it's kind of like it, you ever had something that flare up on you that you thought you were healed and then it flares up on you? Listen, when mercy and compassion flow, make sure you're on the right side of it. You say, why? Because there's always two sides to the glory. One side running this way, another side running another way, and the side that runs the other way today in this hour is very deceptive, very subtle. So we have to continue to declare ourselves in Christ, the righteousness of God in Christ, those that are born of His Spirit, washed in His blood, that see ourselves valued in the eyes of God, our own eyes, and we value our brothers and sisters 
enough to get something right if there's something wrong. Amen? Did you know that's just basic Christianity 101? I mean, where would we be if we would just obey that? Look at all these denominations. Because we're not willing to obey the word and let all the goofballs and idiots and knuckleheads of the world become the pastors and apostles and prophets. Like God said he would do. I know all of the, the high-rolling preachers. I'm telling you, they were all a bunch of failures looking for a place to fail. Brother Hagin was born dead. I remember Brother Osteen was introducing him one time. They had Brother Kenneth Copeland, Brother Kenneth E. Hagin, and Brother Osteen. So Brother Osteen said, well, you know, I was a popcorn salesman. That's how I used to always introduce him. I was a popcorn salesman. I said, excuse me. Remember that? Remember that, Dorsey? That's how I always say. That's all he'd say about himself. He said, and we had Brother Kenneth Hagin. He was born dead. And we have Brother Kenneth Copeland. He's a fat flop. One time, Brother Copeland weighed over 300 pounds. He's only this tall. I mean, he's a little bitty short thing. His point was, God takes the material that the world would throw in the garbage and raises them up to say, now you know this is God. Or this cannot be happening. And some people have not woken up to that yet. So what we've done is we've created colleges and, and all this kind of stuff to educate people and make them smart so they can be a parson or a pastor or a priest or something. When God says, no, what I'll do is I'll call people and put a divine gift on the inside of them that will operate and work supernaturally. Now, let's go through this. Let me read. Did I, did I put my glasses over there? I thought I brought my glasses. Maybe I didn't. Listen, let, let me read it in the, in the Amplified. It says, no, for God selected, deliberately chose what is in the world, what, what in the world is foolish to put the wise to shame. And what the world calls weak to put the strong to shame. God also selected, deliberately chose what in the world is low born and insignificant. Now, in reality, he's almost rehearsing the history of the nation that he loves so much. You know what he meant by the word lowborn? You know he's talking about lowborn, don't you? He's talking about David, the king who had a heart after God, just like God. That's what he's talking about, lowborn. He ain't going to use the firstborn this time. He's going to use the lastborn. Amen? Ooh, you ought to shout. The insignificant and the branded and treated with contempt. Listen to this even the things that are nothing, that he might dispose and bring to nothing things that are, so that no mortal man should have pretense for glorying and boast in the presence of God. But it is from God that you have your life in Christ Jesus, whom God made our wisdom from God, revealed as knowledge of the divine plan of salvation previously hidden, manifesting itself as our righteousness, thus making us upright and putting us in right standing with God and our consecration, making us pure and holy and our redemption, providing our ransom from eternal penalty for sin. The eternal penalty for sin. This is where you let go of your guilt. This is where you let go of your condemnation. This is where sin can no longer come back up on you and create another act of your weakness. 
99% of the time, self-inflicted. Come on, church. I still believe there's a grace upon us because we are the 6,000th year of humanity. And there has been a de-evolution. And man's bodies and man's minds and man's heart is dark and wicked. But we're doing everything we can do to scratch for the light like you're swimming for the top. I don't know if you know what that means. You surf in some of those big waves like in Hawaii, Nicaragua, some of the places Al and I used to go. You get tumbled so bad in the water sometimes you don't know which direction to swim. So you let bubbles out. You blow bubbles out so you see and you follow your bubbles. And sometimes I've gotten to the top thinking, thank you, Jesus. There wasn't nothing left, amen? But that's, it's true. You've got to understand. Now, let me finish this scripture because I, I need to get that thought. Making us pure and holy and our redemption, providing our ransom from the eternal penalty of sin. So, at it, so as it is written, let him who boasts and proudly rejoices and glories boast and proudly rejoice and glory in the Lord. One translation says, it's the Lord's working. It's the Lord's working. You're only, listen, you're only in church in Galveston, Texas on Wednesday night because there's some element of the Lord's working that's going on in your life. I don't care what you, well, I just come here to rest after a tough day on Wednesday. No, no, no. You are here because there is some element of the Lord's wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, redemption working in you. Amen? How's my time? Just a few minutes. So, everybody say forgiven. Say forgiven. Now go to Psalms 103. We'll close with it. Psalms 103. Man, this is so good. You know, if you get right and know why you got right, it's easy to stay right. Amen? Psalms 103. I'm just going to read. I love this psalm. Now listen to it. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Starting in chapter 1, Psalms 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all His benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Who healeth all thy diseases. Who redeems thy life from destruction. Crowneth thee with love and kindness and tender mercy. Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Now, what do you think the thing is that he satisfies our mouth with? What do you think it is? It's his word. That's his word. Amen? Because that is what will produce the renewing of the eagle on the inside of you. Brother Osteen used to have a, uh, Pastor John Osteen used to have a, a teaching on the eagle and how when the eagle gets old, he goes and looks for these thermal, thermal updrafts. And he'll get in a thermal updraft and go round and round and round and go way up in the air. And it does something physiological to him. And when he comes back, one of two things will happen. Either he'll just die or he'll start banging his head on a rock. And what he does when he bangs his head on a rock is he cracks his beak. And when he cracks his beak, it falls off. But under that beak is a brand new beak and it renews his strength because now he can eat and he can fly and he can catch whatever he needs to catch and do whatever he needs. Well, that old beak had crusted up and he could hardly move it anymore. Now he had a brand new mouth to feed himself with. Oh, come on. You've got a brand new mouth to feed yourself with. 
That's how you renew your strength like the eagle does. You'll bang his head. Sometimes you feel like I'm banging my head. You might be breaking your beak. Man, hallelujah. Mm, man, there's an anointing in that. Glory to God. Who satisfies thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. I write in every Bible next to that, thank God. You want to see? There it is right there. Thank God. Right in every Bible. My, my, my. Now here we go. For as the heaven is high above the earth. Now let me say this. Now David, he's a unique dude. David, listen man. If anybody had New Testament relationship with God in the Old Covenant, it was David. It was David. And when he's talking about the Lord, he's talking about our Lord. And when he's talking about these things, he's recognizing and realizing, I may be in a covenant of law, of tradition, that's very hard and very dark, but there's one coming. And my faith is in him. Job's faith was in him. That's the oldest book of the Bible. The Bible that's why we don't pull a lot of doctrine out of Job. Because a lot of things that are quoted, people uh, uh, saying God said it, God didn't say that. Amen, like, you know, uh, God, the Lord giveth, the Lord uh, taketh away, bless him. God never said that. That's not something God says. Amen. The Lord giveth, the devil taketh away. That's what it is. So, so, so this word, David, is not prophesying because he was a prophet, priest, and king. So this is literally prophetic praise. This is one of his praise songs. Who has tasted and seen that the Lord is good. Who, who, who has committed murder, adultery, lost a child because of that sin, because the judgment of God was on him, but found grace in the eyes of the Lord and mercy in God's heart and appropriated that mercy. And God healed that whole situation. Now notice how he continues to write. He says, For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. And as far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgression from us. Like a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame and remembereth that we are dust. God knows who we are. And let me just say this. It's not hard to serve God. There may be times that it, it, it seems hard. Every time that it seemed hard for me to serve God is because something that I wasn't doing that I was supposed to do. And when I started doing that, it got easy again. Jesus said, my burden is easy, my yoke is light. Listen, although we all struggle, we fight. I know some of you are fighting physical battles. Some of you in your family. Some of you in your mind. Some of you in, in your finances. Some of you all of the above and a few more. You can check those. But in the midst of it all, you should still have joy. You should still have peace. 
You should still be standing in your place in Christ, your place of victory, fighting your fight of faith, knowing that you've already won, knowing that Jesus is Lord, knowing that the devil is defeated, knowing that people are praying and interceding for you. If you come to this church, there are people praying and interceding for you, knowing that your answer will come if you'll just stay with it. Stay with it. Don't give up. Don't be weary and well-doing. Do seize them. Amen? And in the, in the meantime, we just get to have a good time. Serve God, love each other. And tell people that there is an answer for all this craziness. But the time to make that decision is growing very short. Amen. Let's lift our hands and worship God. Father, we worship you tonight. Thank you for who we are in Christ. Thank you that we can be assured that every sin we've committed, every motivation of that sin has been removed as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered against us anymore. There is no judgment. There is no condemnation. There is no inferiority in us at all. Everything we needed has been provided in Christ. We are cleansed by His blood. We're empowered and indwelt by His Spirit. Hallelujah. We're empowered, enlightened by His Word. We have heaven as a home. We have Jesus as a reward. What a life you've given us. The privilege and the value of existence. Being sober in our minds because we know the time is short. That we would live upright and righteous before the Lord. Hallelujah. Isn't the Lord good? Now let me just say, and we'll be dismissed. You can stand on your feet. I know you've been, you've been sitting for 35 minutes. Did you get something out of that tonight? Did that help you, encourage you? We want to help you. We want to encourage you. I want you to be blessed. Amen? But now listen. Right now in Israel, they've called up the you know, when you, if you're a citizen of Israel, when you turn 18, you automatically go into the military. And when you come out of the military, whether it's two years, four years, you make a career of it, you come out with all your equipment. Well, they've activated their civilian forces. I watched a video, um, what's today? Wednesday. I watched the video, I think it's on Monday. 35 missiles hitting that Iron Dome. When you see... Israel, I saw combat footage in the streets of Jerusalem. The mayor there has shut down the Temple Mount. 350 people were arrested this weekend. When you see war in Israel, you know something's going on in the church. You know something's going on in the church. You say, what do I mean by that? God is beginning to do a purifying work. God is readying the church for its assignment in these last days. God is glorifying his bride. That's why you've just got to examine yourself. Judge yourself. Don't judge anybody else. And then make a decision. I'm going to walk upright, holy. Jesus is my wisdom. Jesus is my sanctification. He sets me apart. Jesus is my, is my redemption. He's my forgiveness of sin. He's my consecration. He's my peace. He's my all in all. 
I've talked to ministers here for the past couple of weeks about this, this great heart, this great desire growing in people that are yielding to the Lord. We're, we're a lot of the needs and stuff. Yeah, we're still standing. We're still agreeing. But it's this heart, just like Paul. I, I read a deal from a guy the other day, the apostle Paul, that I might know him. No great explanation of other plans or assignments. No, no great, no great uh, uh, a plan of evangelism. No, just that I might know him. There's enough in that I might know him to supply what we need to do everything else you're telling him to do. When you realize that, you realize where your sufficiency is. Where your peace is. Everybody say peace. And where your joy is. Amen. Father, thank you for tonight. Lord, we thank you the word was not just listened to, but heard. And we thank you, Father, that by the confession of our mouth, the release of our faith, and the expectancy of our heart, your word is reforming and reframing our identity. The overcomers you've called us to be, the righteousness that we're called to walk in, and the love, Lord, that you saturate us with in these last days that draws us together, draws us to your heart. Lord, as we leave tonight, thank you for safety and protection. As we travel these highways, Airways, sea rays, railways, any other way of travel, transportation. We declare your protection and your safety. Lord, as we work in the workforce, students off in school, teachers, construction workers, anybody that works and interacts with the world and its system, thank you, Father, that you protect them and you keep them. You prosper them. We cover them and surround them with faith and love, declaring the prosperity and the goodness of God. No evil befalls them. No plague comes nigh. No accidents of any kind. They get the contracts. They get the business. They make it to the closings. They get the favor of God in Jesus' name. Lord, in our witness, let us be strong. Let us see how important it is that we bring people to a point of decision. Or, Father, we may just plant the seed and others may water. But, Lord, we know it's you that will give the increase. So we thank you for the harvest that belongs to us. We surround all of our precious missionaries with faith and love and declare your provision over them. Our precious children and grandchildren, all of our loved ones, and all of those that are the concern of our heart, we include in this prayer to be blessed and kept in our lives. Thank you, Father, as we leave tonight. We walk in faith and love towards you, thanking you for your eternal blessing in our lives. We walk in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church, we're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the God. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.